Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. And good morning to Mr. Ross Thompson, who's the Joint Managing Director at Punjana Tea. Good morning, Ross. Good morning, Frank. Uh, a story going about this morning, Ross, that we need to put more milk in our tea. Now, you are uh, an expert when it comes to the delights of, of tea drinking. I think anyone who'd be drinking piping hot tea should know that that's not the most sensible thing to put piping hot water in your mouth. Well, absolutely, yes. I mean, um, on, a, on a tea tasting basis, we're tea tasting here in our, in our office every day, maybe 20, 30 teas at a time. And, and whilst tea does need um, boiling water um, to brew properly. It must be boiling really, except in the, in the case maybe of green tea, which requires a cooler um, water, maybe about 80 degrees. But in, in, in bringing the tea to a proper brew really requires boiling water. But we find anyway, from a tea tasting perspective, that we want the tea to cool down quite a lot because you taste the tea, the taste, the flavor, the character of the tea comes out much better actually when it's that bit cooler. So um, just from, from a professional point of view, and to make it easier for us, we actually prefer, prefer to drink tea that little bit cooler. But it, it really it's not, a, it's not an instant product. It really does want boiling water to bring the best out of it. Not overboiled water. You know, you should take the kettle off. Once it comes to the boil, you should take it off the boil because um, it deoxygenizes the water and it doesn't, doesn't help the brew at all. But yes, we have to be careful. And I'm fortunate insofar as I can drink tea that bit cooler and it's my preference just looking for that extra taste and flavour. Yeah, I I've took advice from my doctor many years ago in relation to that, a few sore throats and whatever. And he wasn't connecting it to tea, but he was saying, are you drinking liquids that are that are quite hot? And you should, if whether it's a hot chocolate or coffee or tea, mm. don't, yeah. don't, don't have it going into your mouth and down your throat when it is very, very hot. And some people have the ability actually to take hot liquid into onto their tongue and they don't feel it as hot hot until it is actually going going down their throat because uh, these cancer specialists are looking at the heat of liquid going into uh, your your throat and the, the, the swallowing mechanism you're going through and they're certainly recommending that you don't drink boiling uh, boiling water. No, I mean, you're right, yes. I mean, the research shows that quite clearly. Um, but I think, you know, there is a, there's a feeling that you should add milk to it to cool it down. Yes, you, you, you can add milk. Most of us, about 90% of us want milk in our tea. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, as long as you let the liquid cool, um, that's okay. But somebody, some people are right. You're, they have a preference for really, a really hot liquid. Um, but I, I know that it's simply not as easy to taste tea properly, to taste the liquid you're drinking. Um, 
if it is too hot. Uh, it literally uh, affects your taste buds and you get much more of that sense of what's in that tea or any liquid if you let it cool down more. Sometimes we, we drink tea um, when it's really cold and not very many people could do that or would want to do that. But we, when we want to taste it, uh, test a tea really thoroughly and find out what's in there, if you wait until it's really cold, and even with milk, we wait, wait until it cools down completely, and it tells us exactly the taste and flavor profile of the tea when it gets to that temperature level. So I would encourage people, you know, you'll enjoy your tea more, actually, if you wait a little bit longer and don't have it far too hot. Am I the only sort of oddball who fills the, the, the tea from the boiling kettle, puts in the milk, and you know, it gets to the right colour, I think, yeah, that's good, but it's going to be too hot, and then I put in a little taste of cold water. Uh, d- does anyone else do that? <laughs> no, I, I don't think you're on your own, but I don't think it's that common either, Frank. You're clearly a bit of an individual, but there's nothing wrong with that. You're just diluting it slightly. You're just making the brew a little bit weaker. And we all have our own ways of brewing tea. Some of us like it very strong. Some of us like it frighteningly weak, which sort of upsets me sometimes because, you know, the best tea leaves that we buy from Kenya and Assam, the best ones are actually a little bit more taste and flavor. But if you don't give it a chance to brew, you're not really ever going to find that taste and flavor. It's never going to come through, which is a bit of a disappointment for me. But you've got to brew it the way you like it. I'm a bit of a, a mug man more so than a cup. So with the, the first cup of tea, I have the tea bag in and I, of course, I drink the tea and then I decide to pop in another tea bag and I drink another cup of tea. And I've seen myself having three tea bags in the one mug uh, at the end of a good tea drinking session. Is, is, is that definitely not the thing to do? You're becoming more and more of an individual. <laughs> I've met and seen a lot of tea drinkers, Frank, and I think you're almost out there on your own <laughs> but, uh, but not a bit drinking out of a mug it doesn't mean you're a bad person as, as long as it's we've got these bone china mugs which are a fine lip and they're white to me it, it, whatever you're drinking out of should be white and it should be a fine thin lip it's better than a big thick ceramic um, thing with a green or brown color it doesn't make the tea look good and I think you taste it better actually with a thin lip so no I, you know there's this thing about oh my goodness you don't drink it out of a mug but I'm in a hurry most of my day, and terrible though it sounds, I don't get time to put it into a teapot and go through the whole ritual, but I'm very fussy about heating the mug, heating the mug, because tea wants water, uh, really warm water, and there's far too much of the heat is lost when you pour the boiling water in into a cold mug. So I pour it into a warm mug, and it seriously affects the, uh, the quality of the brew. It improves the quality of the brew. Yeah, I think that the message is enjoy your tea just let it cool a little. Don't be putting it down your throat uh, too hot. But continue to enjoy your tea. That's the message this morning. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Ross, thank you very much indeed. Uh, Ross Thompson is Joint Managing Director at Punjana uh, Tea. Uh, it puts me in the mood for a refreshing cup of tea as a couple of people in the office uh, look around as they sip theirs and I'm still in here with out a, a brew next or near me because we have this rule that you have to go across the studio and you're not allowed any liquids uh, right alongside the controls. Uh, let me speak to Brendan who's in this line. Good morning, Brendan. Good morning, Frank. Uh, Brendan, you, you were advised not to drink very hot liquids. Frank, I, when I was 18, I started working in the hospital. Um, I was a junior clerk in uh, Ward 29. I worked for some of the best um, arrows and throat consultants, probably surgeons in this world. And two namely, in particular, Mr. Primrose and Mr. Brugger. 
who are known throughout the world, they advised me never to drink boiling hot tea or boiling hot coffee because that is the reason why a lot of people end up with throat cancer and end up with laryngectomies. The burning of focal cords. It is interesting you mention you mentioned Mr. Primrose and I, I had a conversation with him back in 1989 about that very topic of drinking liquids that were uh, too hot when a very dear relative of mine passed away with throat cancer and that was uh, one of the points that he made. Uh, he was inquiring about how often she would have had a variety a variety of uh, of drinks uh, that would have been too hot and maybe maybe she did maybe that was the part of the the issue but I, th- I think it's very important to emphasize that we, we shouldn't be scaring people from drinking the contents of their favorite cuppa we should be encouraging them just to drink it at a slightly lower temperature yes Frank I probably agree with you I mean I enjoy a cup of coffee and a cup of tea like anybody else but I'm wary of putting it too warm because Mr. Primus told me, as you know, he's a renowned surgeon. And Mr. Primus, I mean, these people had to take people's voice boxes out. And a lot of occasions with women, especially, and it sounds awful for me to say it, women especially who drink boiling hot tea and coffee, black coffee is, is seriously bad for you. Boiling hot black coffee, and I was, I was amazed that I started working for Mr. Primus in 1990. And I worked for him for 10 years. Yeah, I can understand exactly exactly what you're saying, Brendan. I have heard this myself. And it's reflected indeed in this research that's been done across in Tehran, of all places, where drinking very hot drinks is not good for you. And the, the emphasis is on the heat. Don't, don't do it, you know, because it's self-explanatory, isn't it? If you're putting something that's much too hot down your throat, you're not going to do the inside of your body much good. And nor, as Ross was saying to us, are you going to enjoy the benefits of the product? Let, just let it cool a little. Just, you know, take a little more time. Don't rush everything. And uh, we'll all be a lot happier and a, a lot healthier. Ken, we were talking earlier about people stockpiling toilet rolls in case there's a no-deal Brexit. Um, not necessarily because of fear, I think more so because they mightn't be able to get a hold of their favourite toilet roll. Um, Ken has a story he wants to tell us. Morning, Ken. Morning, Frank. Every serious situation always has a lighter side. But uh, I remember this story. As a young cub, I went to work. My first job was at the old Belfast Steamship Company at Ulster House in Donegal Quay. And it was quite a large operation at that time. But um, uh, we used to overhear the men who'd been there all during the wartime talking about various stories. But one that stuck in my mind was apparently to assist uh, with, with the general economy at the time, the company issued an edict that uh, there wouldn't be toilet rolls but in fact all the newspapers and the office boys would have the task of cutting these into squares putting them uh, uh, through a bit of string and then hanging them in the toilets and in the gents um, toilet there were four cubicles and one was marked for managers only and one young cub apparently got the idea, let's play a bit of a trick. And they, there were big sheets of uh, blue carbon that would have been put on the manifest to make several copies for those, uh, which was the order of the day at the time. And one of these articles got the idea, and he cut, uh, got a lot of these uh, big sheets of carbon, cut them squares, and hung them in the general manager's toilet. <laughs> So that uh, and it was very poorly lit, and apparently a few of the managers had gone in and used these blue carbon papers, and all went home with blue bottoms. <laughs> <laughs> 
Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kat, I like it. I like it. <laughs> so that must be one of the original blue stories, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. I can imagine you down with the trousers when you get home. <laughs> what happened to your backside? Right, uh, the agents of yesteryear. Ken, thank you. Um, Eddie's got a problem trying to sell his house. I think. Good morning, Eddie. Morning, Frank. Yes, Eddie. What's the issue? Frank, I tell you what it is. Uh, I've been trying to downside my house and, and find a, a smaller one in the area, and I found a wee house sort of in the area that, that that's, would suit me lovely. Uh, I think it's been happy for about 17, 18 years, and it, it's in bad, bad state. Now. I'm willing to put the money into it to get it back up and habitable and take the city look of it in the area. But I have been everywhere. I've been to London property, I've been to public records, I've been to the electoral office, and everywhere I get, I just got his word shut in my face. Nobody can help me. Data protection, that's all I get in my face. Data protection, can't do anything for me. Is it up and for sale? Is the, is, the, is the building up for sale? No, no, no. This is a derelict house I'm, I'm trying to buy. Yes, but is it up for sale? No, I don't know who owns it. Yeah, that's the point, but it's it's derelict. You want to express an interest in it, but the owner isn't actually expressing an interest in selling it. We can't find the owner. It's been derelict for 18 years. Nobody can find the owner. I'm going to try to find the owner. I've been, I've been sent a land of property. They sent me the public records. They sent me the electoral office, and everybody tells me the same thing. Data protection, we can't do anything without a name. And I can't get a name. I'm going to them to get a name to go to the owner. So you want to buy it? Why don't why why don't you put a sign up in their garden? I would like to buy this property. If you own it, please contact me. <laughs> Frank, nobody's been near it in eighteen years. They're already going to see a sign. <laughs> but they might drive past it and they might think you know, there's a, there's there's a bit of there's a bit of land banking that I did all those years ago. That wee bit of property there looks very unsightly, but I own it. It's mine. Someday I'll turn it into my pot of gold. And if they drive past, they might just see your sign. <laughs> I mean, uh, as much as I would love that to happen, Frank, I can't see it happen. That's uh, that's that's what we say. and. The owner, I can't say the owner. Apparently, the owner. The last time anybody seen anybody get near the house was about eighteen years ago. Land and property are still setting rates bills to the house. They can't even find the owner. <laughs> so, what chance is the meal hasn't been The meal must be as, as tall as the house is now inside the letterbox. Yeah, well, well, I tell you what, we you could we could do a we could do a we could do a a, a public appeal here. I do, I don't want the actual address, but give me give me the street. What's the street? The street. What's the name of the street that this much desired property is in? It's actually it's actually Parade. Donegal Parade. So if you are the person who owns the house that we might be talking about in Donegal Parade, um, get in touch and we'll steer you towards Eddie. Eddie's willing to spend good money buying that property, that particular one that is derelict in Donegal Parade. Um, whereabouts is Donegal Parade roughly? It's off of Donegal Road. In the, on the, is it on the park centre side or on the city hospital side? It's on the city hospital side. So if you're on the city hospital run there on Donegal Road, off at Donegal Parade, and there's a wee house that you've let go to wreck and ruin to some extent, maybe you've forgotten you own it. Here's a man willing to buy it. I'm now turning into an auctioneer. Eddie, if anyone comes <laughs> forward to let us know who owns it, we'll put them in contact with you. You'll be on a percentage, Frank. All right, okay. <laughs>
<laughs> it's it's an awful shame, however, that you you can't uh, f- find out. It's gathering rats, uh, and it's just it's it just it's just on on site looking. Um, it only has two houses in the street unoccupied, and that's one of them. Yeah. As I say, it's, somebody has put PVC windows in the one beside it, and that one there is just left. And I say, it's just going it's just going to crumble until it falls down, and maybe pulls one of the houses beside it down with it. Yeah. Why are you so keen to get that particular property? You must be going to offer very little for it, are you? Well, Frank, we need about twenty-five thousand pounds spent on it. So, yeah. Well, what, 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 what would it be worth to, to the man that's selling it or the woman that's selling it? What would you be prepared to offer? Well, no, Frank, I wouldn't have to put that out there. <laughs> Next to nothing, I, I, I presume. But it oh, is, no, 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 it is no, surprising. It is surprising that you can't find out uh, who actually owns it. You wouldn't get, you wouldn't get a pile of bricks for under, for under thirty thousand. So it'll be thirty thousand plus, no matter who owns it. That's true. That is that is that is very true. And it would in, improve the neighbourhood if you were dickying it up and living living in it. You're well intentioned with it. So if that's your property, there's a man willing to buy it if you want to get in touch. Uh, Eddie, thanks for highlighting it. Thank you. Okay, Frank. Thank you. So you know, I, I I admire what Eddie's trying to do there. He's interested in living in that street, and he wants to spend probably about fifty grand, thirty buying the site, and twenty uh, doing doing it up. He's going to improve the entire environment there, and maybe it is a bit of a land banker, somebody who just bought up a whole load of houses and they don't even know what they own. They just double check do you own anything in Donegal Parade, because you might have had the opportunity there uh, a few moments ago to to sell it. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.